And you know, I always start by saying we are recording. Hello, Suhail. This is this is an amazing moment for me because I feel like I've known you for years. Yeah, we've known each other for five years now. Has it been five years? That's amazing. And we've never met, yeah. but we do, we do write each other. And I read yeah. what you write. It's so nice to meet you. Yes, the same here. It's the same here. Um, we first met. Let me see if I remember. We first met because you wanted to write something, and I was very excited about that. Was that right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I posted a comment on one of your blog posts. Uh, you got in touch with me. Hey, what do you know about this? And I was impressed. You're right. I was impressed. You wrote something very smart. And I said, I need to know more about this person. And so Suhail has written an incredible piece, which I'm going to put a link to um, in this podcast. So you can read a little bit about him. Um, and then he, we've stayed in touch through the beautiful Voyager community. I think of you as one of my core beautiful Voyager people out in the world. Can you tell us a little bit about where you are right now and just your life, where you live and, you know, who you live with, just the basics? I'm based in Dubai. Um, I've been here for about six years. I'm basically from India. And um, I... You have, if I have to tell what I do, I do, depending on when you ask me, I'm doing a lot of things or nothing. <laughs> well, you always are a writer. I mean, that's yeah. always true. Yeah, that's something which is close to my heart. And I do keep a blog, but on and off. I write sometimes, I don't write other times. This is a period of break for me from writing. I'm also running a business here in Dubai. And I also run a magazine, um, literature magazine online called The Bangalore Review. The Bangalore Review is very well done. You are a wonderful writer. I love your writing. And again, it's a literary uh, magazine for people who want to to check it out. How often yeah, does the Bangalore Review come out? Every month. We have a team working on it, like every month, a group of editors. And uh, articles come from all over the world, uh, not just from India, even though it's called the Bangalore Review. Most of the writing comes from US, UK, different parts of India. And a really diverse set of voices. And we try to promote new writing more than the established writer. That's a hard thing to do. I mean, I always appreciate someone who's finding new voices to share. That is not always the easiest. Um, the thing that struck me about, about you is that you were, at the beginning five years ago, of your mental health journey. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, my mental health journey started 
in 2011 on a wrong footing, I would say. But things changed um, in about 2014, I guess, when I first got a real diagnosis. Because the first time my diagnosis was wrong, I went in a lot of wrong directions. And in 2014, I finally got to know, okay, this is something called anxiety. And there's a name for it, generalized anxiety disorder, which, uh, which was just a start, so to speak. Mm. I went for therapy for some time. I went for I went with medication for some time, but I did drop both at some point, feeling that okay, I'm good. I can <laughs> handle this. Yeah. I have I have learned the tools. I have the tools to guide me through any situation, which I would be so many times proven wrong in the last five, six years, so many, so many times. And each time I would just go into my cocoon, my shell, my, which is usually my bed. In, and I'm in a blanket. I'm completely covered in the blanket and I don't want to come out. So it's a cocoon literally as well as figuratively. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think one of the signs of anxiety is that you always are fighting for control. Like you always think, oh, I can, um, I can handle this. I've got this. And, you know, I don't need these tools or the medicine. And uh, it's just like we have to learn over and over that we don't always have control. You, you probably remember a lot of the times when I was crying out for help, like, over the Slack, uh, beautiful virtual platform, and I didn't know what to do. And you would say, tell me, you probably need to see someone, professional help, take medication. And I was like, should I, should I be doing it? Will it, will it uh, shut down a certain part of me if I start taking medication? And then there was therapy, which is like, each time I tried therapy, it was so hard for me. People don't talk about this often, I guess, because therapy, getting the right therapist, first of all, is like... Um, um, it's like dating, isn't it? It's like finding it, it, like it, a partner. Like, you, I, they don't tell you like, oh, you don't just go out and find a therapist and you're done. You have to... And by the way, I don't go to therapy now because I have not found my person. So I just want to be open about that. I am very aware of the challenges of finding the right fit. Yeah, that was something I didn't realize for a long time. So I thought um, when a therapist tells me you have to do this and I can't do it, I start blaming myself. I start going through this guilt. Why am I not being able to do this? I should be able to do this. I can do so many other things. Why not this? And these are easy exercises. She asked, uh, she or he asked me to come up with some uh, some things I have to write down, some thoughts. I've been through different types of therapy, mostly CBT and 
most recently now uh, for the last six months, twice a week I've been going through talk therapy, which is of the psychodynamic modality. And that led me to a lot of new discoveries, like stuff I didn't know, stuff I probably knew, but I was setting out of my Do you think that that is what you needed was talk therapy? I mean, is it feeling like this was what had to happen? It's um, talk therapy is compared to what the other therapies did. Talk therapy seems very different in the way that you don't really get any answers. You don't really get any exercises to do, but you get this sense of you get the sense of having accomplished something over a certain period of time. It doesn't happen over one session, two sessions. And in the beginning we thought we could need a session per week. But then I realized that I was I felt abandoned between each session. And then I spoke about this. And she said, okay, you probably need twice a week. Let's try that. And it felt so much better when I started. This must have been in July, end of July, August, something like that. And, you know, it was uh, throughout the entire lockdown, like in Dubai, the lockdown ended like in June. And throughout the lockdown, when I was, literally locked up in the house. I was completely all right. I didn't have a single worry in the world. I was reading a lot. I was was having fun with the family, to be frank. Even my wife was enjoying it. She said that she was getting a lot of me more than usual. And I thought, and, and I was reading everywhere about people having tough time, being locked up, and people being anxious, depressed, locked down and stuff. And I thought, okay, I've got through it. But then by July, August, things started changing. I started seeing that I was going into um, fits of rage unexpectedly. It's fly off the handle. I feel like throwing stuff, taking stuff away, getting angry a lot of the time. And then I realized that before it really affects people around me, especially my kids, my wife, I realized that I needed to go for therapy. And I knew I didn't need, I didn't want to go for CBT. Because I've been through that path a few times, and each time I would drop out of it. Like, there didn't seem to be a connection which I was forming with the therapist. So, this time I felt like, and that's how I ran across this concept of talk therapy. And talk therapy, uh, if I need to um, explain it to anybody, like, my cousins asked me, what, what is this therapy you're doing? I said, this is what you see in the movies. Like, 
you will be on a couch and there'll be someone listening you just talk they'll be taking notes it's kind of that same thing <laughs> because uh, that's what i thought therapy was when i first started therapy back in 2014 but i found that it worked in different ways and found that there are different forms of therapy even just last week i heard of something new called emdr rapid eye movement yeah 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 to the eye movement and i'm sure there are a lot more ways of doing this but this is something i have fallen in in the practice of now and it's become like it's an automatic trigger like just yesterday i had a session and i had taken a nap in the afternoon just two minutes before i didn't set an alarm but just two minutes before that time of therapy i automatically woke up like, oh it's time it's time, it's for time. therapy it's time and suhail when you went to find your therapist did you like your first therapist or did you have to try different ones how did that work um this time it's the one i found first like i wrote to a few people uh the one which answered fastest and the one which kept replying with each question i asked was the one i chose because i realized this person has the time i i didn't want to go into what her credentials are and all that i i i'm not an expert to tell whether that that's right because we we i just had an experience back in 2019 uh someone close to me needed a therapy and i had become a big evangelist of mental health <laughs> whenever there's someone needs someone needs help i am at the forefront okay let's do this this, uh, this is what you need to do and i always felt that i knew stuff uh, about this and i thought i knew quite well but this was one bad experience we had so whenever i need a therapist or a reference i write to someone in india some people i know who are well connected to the mental health community connected to the institutes in india so that they will refer to me someone who is based here in dubai or someone who is based in india who can do a zoom session on this time on 2019 someone close to me they needed uh, help and someone highly recommended a person in dubai and uh, it was a bit of a uh, uh i think i've told this to you remember before that it's very difficult to get uh, help for mental health in dubai and it's usually very very expensive hmm i know and we've talked about the, that before right we've talked about that before i've looked up places in dubai and i'm like this seems yeah, very difficult <laughs> yeah yeah and the, the no communities are such like a community like beautiful asia uh, it, it doesn't exist and Um, the other thing is it's not really regulated uh it's not well regulated so the people don't understand like i was once stopped at the border sorry i'm digressing a lot <laughs> that's is, okay is that okay absolutely 
I was once started the border uh, because I was carrying meds like recently after I started medicine medication and uh, I had a prescription but uh, they didn't know what they said this is a control medicine why, why are you holding it I said I have a prescription what is it for is it for your back pain I said no it's for <laughs> I I kept explaining it's a psychiatric medicine they didn't understand he was asking me if it's for my back pain or and I still it's for over here and then he said okay you can go <laughs> so thank goodness he understood was, eventually yeah so the awareness is really bad and we uh, so this friend of mine went for therapy and she would sit through the therapy for one hour uh, every week and she went for almost like 6 months and every session the therapist would give her the same exercise listen dear you have to do this when you do this we'll go forward and this was someone who wasn't being able to do the exercise given and she was self pain she she didn't have uh, most of the insurance here doesn't cover psychiatry or psychology so it was ex- a ton of money she was going to this person for 6 months always getting the same exercise and paying a lot of money yeah, but never doing I, it. i don't know i don't know if it would be a lot of money in us but um, let's say it's about 75 dollars a session uh, which is a lot of money for someone who is in the middle class over here and a lot of the time it seems we learned until lately that a lot of the times these sessions were about um the therapist her personal stuff she would talk about her personal stuff she would and be answering phone calls and um with all of that i, I can you imagine this friend of mine She was so persistent. She kept going, thinking that there is something. She was trying to do the right thing, right? She was trying to do that. She wanted help. She was looking for help. She was trying yes. to do the right thing, and it's just—it's ter- terrible. And it's so frustrating to me that people can be and anyone yeah. else. I know for a fact that I would have dropped out uh, in a month or two, but this person, she went through it. and because um, her husband was was pay, paying for it and he didn't want to feel like he didn't do enough so right. he would pay he, for it. he wanted to support her she wanted to do the right thing yeah it's terrible and, and a lot of the times it seems this person would just uh, shame uh, my friend My I have a friend who live I have a friend who lives in Ethiopia who had a very similar experience recently who was shamed for the way that he is and it's in therapy and it was just yeah. terrible it's terrible like how many times have I told you how to do this why can't you understand bring your husband in. and then the husband goes in and the husband tries to understand what it is 
the husband tries to explain it back at home and the husband figures that even he doesn't understand it too well oh my god and he never for once thought that he was doing the therapist work for her and during the session about half the session was gone in phone calls people walking in and things stuff that was happening at home like a lot of this stuff and eventually um 3 4 months into the therapy she was told you know what you need medication without medication i can't help you a good therapist could have been able to tell that in like two or three sessions it's terrible it's terrible now your therapist was good you found somebody good who was not like this right yeah so the thing i'm coming to is this is something which um shook me like the thing that these are people who came to recommendation and, uh, and recommended by the institute and uh, we now know that when someone is starting therapy especially in cbt or uh, dbt um, you're supposed to be given uh, i mean you need to get a assessment report a treatment plan how many sessions you're going to take and three or four sessions down the line the might need to be a change because you're not responding to this treatment plan so the therapist would discuss with you that this is not working out so you will probably have to try something else and a lot of the stuff this particular therapist was doing was uh, strictly no no in the therapy answering a call in between therapy and there was no regulation i mean there's no oversight so this thing just happens yeah. and the patient she didn't even know that she was supposed to ask for all this she didn't know that there was supposed to be a certain limit like uh, it should have been 10 to 12 sessions at the most how can we educate people about this i mean this just makes me want to educate people <laughs> This is, this is something which I and I thought I thought I knew how to do this. I thought I knew how to advise people on this stuff. Then I realized that there's more stuff we don't know, and this this can only happen if if not just us as patients getting aware, but also the the regulatory authority the industry the industry of psychology actually takes stands on what to expect and what is what should be expected around different kinds of therapies yeah yeah that 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 needs to be there that education that awareness and anyway coming back to my story so i found finally someone uh who was we really empathetic is it empathetic or empathetic okay no mind <laughs> she uh started seeing stuff the way as i was feeling it instead of being told time and again that just do it just get out and do it just go for your walks 
why is it so difficult for you? For the first time, I felt like I'm being heard. She was saying, like, this must be so hard for you. This time must be so hard for you. You're going through a really difficult time. You must accept it. And then we started talking. She started asking me about my past, my childhood. And stuff started tumbling out of the closet. Stuff I never talked about myself. I've never told you this, Mel, but I, between the age of 10 and 14, I grew up in a boarding school. And in all that time, I was sexually abused. all the time, like from the age of 10 till the time I was 14 when I left. That four, four years of abuse. Yeah. And these were not just one person or two. These were people, these were people who were, mm, so there's a boarding school, there's a, there were kitchen workers. They were teachers. All adults. And older students. And older students. And, and older students. So this culture was the culture of the boarding school. Every Were all kids being abused? No. A lot of them were. But um, it was something which uh, people openly talked about over there. In, in in between the students, like they have nicknames for people who need to we need to stay away from. Yeah, like watch out for that guy. He's gonna try to get yeah. you in a corner, and he'll do yeah. stuff to you. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not always easy, but I fell into it and. It was like a, it was like a downward spiral. Like each time another person came, they would just say, "I know what you did." You blamed your, you blamed yourself. You had shame and blamed yourself. Yeah, and I felt like, oh my god, I don't want to be exposed, and I would just with them I'm just it was so hard during that time I remember that those days must be my probably the worst days of my life like even now, I have a lot of friends from that school, but when we meet each other, the stories they remember, I have no recollection of. You shut down. They remember. You shut down. They remember. Yeah, they remember a lot of the fun stuff. For me, it's just the. Uh, 
it's just all this bullying I went through. And for the longest time, I thought I'm probably gay, I'm probably bisexual. Yeah. I'm probably a willing. Um, I'm probably complicit in this. I brought this on myself. I never thought that I was victim. Your whole life, and up until like last year, you thought that? No. The first time I realized. So, I don't know if you've heard of Benjamin Law, he's a writer from Australia, one of the early and famous writers in like 21st century writer, but one of the guys who first got a lot of fame writing uh, both fiction and non-fiction related to LGBTQ. And he came to Bangalore to give a talk and after the talk I just shadowed him I walked around with him asking him questions asking him questions about homosexuality and and a lot of the stuff I was asking were related to what happened with me in my childhood and at some point, he turned to me and said, so here, I think you're confused between being gay and being sexually abused. And it was a moment of shock for me to realize that, because that's a word I've heard in media, I read a lot about abuse. But never for once did it occur to me that I was a victim of abuse. Mm. Mm. That's so sad. That makes me so sad that you lived for so long thinking that was your fault. That makes me so sad. That's a long lifetime to be thinking that something was your fault. I, I didn't talk about it again to anyone. All these years. And I, I think you have read about uh, what I wrote in 2011 when I went to a psychologist again, wrong diagnosis and all that. He even prescribed medication for me. <laughs> Stuff that happens in India. He was misdiagnosed. Uh, the thing that Suhail is talking about is he was misdiagnosed. He was taken down a wrong path. It was terrible. Yeah. He said I was bipolar. And yeah. He, that I need medication. And he prescribed a medication, which no psychologist is ever supposed to do. So even to that person, this casually I mentioned that I had this childhood thing. Because it was just a few months after my meeting with Benjamin Law. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that this thing happened. He said, yes, I can see that. 
that's the sort of thing that would happen to you which made me feel like oh my god i gave i give some kind of no energy which is drawing no. people to me this way and so i carried all this with me and remember this, this is the guy, same guy who also told me that you will die alone with that this person is evil sounds evil yeah so so all these i'm carrying with me and i at some point i was talking about this with my therapist last year and i said i didn't i didn't initially talk about it. i was telling about how certain stuff feels to me like bullying like an interaction with a client i would feel like i'm being cornered i'm being bullied mm-hmm. yeah. and then i would just give him what he wants yeah like i've done a lot of free service for clients i have, I have let people step on me a lot of times because i felt intimidated by uh the conflict i don't want to get into a conflict and i would just be the survival mechanism thought, survival I mechanism that you learned as a child i thought i was a giver or i was being a nice guy but what i was really being was being really afraid Mm-hmm. of being in that position once again so i talked about this with the therapist and i felt i told her that each of these instances when someone tells me that you have to do it or something like that i can even remember to the exact date and time of certain things which happened like 2014 on this particular month my boss and that point he told me to do this and that was a very hard moment for me to that extent i remember these each incident and i said each of those incidents remind me of my childhood mm-hmm. in boarding school where i was bullied a lot and this bullying is not just part of the abuse i encountered it's also separate mm-hmm. lot of bullying around people who thought that I was this guy I was labeled as this guy mm. who went and shared it with a lot of other people and for different reasons I was bullied and all of that time I, I remember that I used to walk around with a heavy heart I used to get, get into fights also a lot of the time, but it was always me who was bruised and bloody and I have a scar over here. <laughs> scar from that time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and the physical scars were okay, but the mental scars I didn't realize until I started talking to my therapist and 
as she take tug more into this issue we saw a pattern that has been repeated ever since my childhood i would uh, bunk my exam in college sometimes because i was intimidated i just didn't feel like going and writing that exam i would just bunk and my parents were quite supportive i would call them and say i didn't write the exam today they would say it's okay take it easy did they know, they know of what did they they, they didn't know. know anything they still don't know as they recently they recently know okay i came i i do recently they didn't even understand what i was going through but my sister recently talked to them and told this is a medical condition for a long time they told me that whatever i'm feeling this anxiety these moments of depression that's because i didn't have enough faith right i should be praying more that's a that's also cultural that's yeah yeah so my sister just asked them would you do the same if you got cancer right good for you and good yeah. for your sister and my sister also for a long time used to believe that mm-hmm. uh, but she changed something. she changed i think she moved to uk and from there she probably learned more about this and she talked to me once uh, i think in 2019 or something she talked to me she told i never realized that this is something you can really have and this is the true of so many of my friends just recently my friend of mine told until you went through this i always thought that this is just a made up thing mm. that just people people are just lazy and just they just cook up this excuse that they're depressed mm. and because he knew me so well and when i explained it to him he realized that oh my god this is real so and so so many friends came to know about uh, mental health issues when i started talking about it yes and i mean I, i've always said suhail i've always said you are such a leader you are such a, i mean the second i heard from you i felt that you're a leader you share things that others don't share right now you are right now you are sharing about sexual abuse in childhood that is not something that many people even figure out a way to talk about When you made those connections with your therapist, how has your life changed since then? Oh, it went for a toast immediately after that. In early September, end of August, early September, I had a terrible breakdown. And until that point, I was not taking medication. Uh, the last time I took medication was in 2014. which i which i abruptly stopped at that point but this time i was way way more low than ever before i would just be still i would i would be in the car for hours together just sitting in the car not moving to the next destination 
and then I realized I was having a real breakdown, a nervous breakdown, not being able to do a single thing. I saw, I had an emergency call with my therapist at that time, and she said, it's okay to take medication. It's okay to take help when you need it. Because she knew that I had some aversion mm-hmm. to medication. Mm-hmm. And so I, for the first time uh, in a long time, I went and met uh, a psychiatrist who prescribed me some antidepressants. And again, it was like, I thought this would be like magic pills. I take this and all of a sudden I'm... No. <laughs> well, I'm, of course I remember my... Uh, but I'm taking a much stronger medication. And this time around I was taking much stronger medication than I, I was taking in 2014. And uh, it took me around two months to get out of that state and actually start functioning again. In those two months, of course, I had the support of therapists, my family. When I say my family, it's my wife. Because my parents didn't know what was happening. And my sister, to some extent. She is based in UK, but I would call her sometimes to tell her what I was going through. And of course, a few friends who who would call me like every two, three days and say, they would just keep saying, you're not alone. And that meant a lot. For the first time, I was not hearing something like, what you're going through is nothing. There are people going through fathers. Why don't you... This is... Uh, the usual stuff I hear. Why don't you cheer up? Why don't you be grateful? Why don't you be grateful for what you have? And for the first time, people just didn't say anything. They just said, "You know, the one we are here for you." And that felt like a lot. I can tell that you're so much stronger, actually, because you want to do this conversation. To me, that is a huge sign that you are in an amazing, you are in an amazing, much better place than you were. I hope so. I don't know, really. I still have trouble with a lot of stuff. I still have a lot of trouble with uh, decision making. Uh, But these, these things take a really long time. I mean... These, you're still very early. You're very early on the journey of your medication. This new information and talking openly about what you experienced as a child, these are new. And I'm very curious about what happens in a couple of years because it's almost like an explosion of information. Exactly. It's a lot of information suddenly. And... I talked about, like, 
I recently had to change the uh, psychiatrist also. Like I said before, they're very expensive here. And so I had to change the doctor. So the doctor I'm seeing now, he used to be the head of um, children's psychology in Nimhans, which is in India. Nimhans is the, probably the best institute for mental health in Asia, if not mm. India. Oh, wow. I mean, it, okay. If not Asia, at least in India, it's the best. But I'm sure it's one of the best in Asia as well. Because it's a research center, a lot of stuff happens. And this guy, this new doctor, he, he used to be the head of children's psychology. And I talked to him about and now it's become easier for me, like you saw, just, you know, I was able to talk without actually breaking out. I I used to break out into tears the first few times I talked about my childhood. It's become so much easier now to talk about it because I've come to accept it, that it happened. And... So I talked about it to him, and he said this is one of the first worst afflictions society has, probably higher up than even cancer. And it doesn't get enough attention because he used to work with children from villages, school children, usually in the adolescent and early teenage or, or even late teens, girls, boys, all the same. He used to talk to them. He used to have group therapy. And involuntarily, it always came out that there is a lot of incestuous stuff happening. There is a lot of molestation. There's a lot of abuse. It's rampant. And just unspoken. No one talks and about unspoken. it. Even with his practice here, he tells me that four out of five patients, or roughly around that many, who comes with anxiety or depression, when he investigates, like this guy, even though he's a psychiatrist, he, he does a mix of therapy and medication. He doesn't always rely on medication. So he has these sessions with them when he makes them talk about the past and all that. And in four out of five cases, he says, every time there's anxiety, depression, there's also... Incest uh, or sexual abuse. Or, wow. or some sort of trauma. Yeah. Sort of trauma. Violent uh, mm. Abuse. A lot of the times it happens. And it is something that is the reason I said I reached out to you last about uh, a couple of weeks ago. I thought if I have to talk to Meredith, it's going to be about this because now I've written about my experiences a couple of times. Once in on my blog, once on your blog. And it's like a Trilogy now. This is the third part of it, which I never talked about in public. 
which few people outside my wife my sister and now my parents and my therapist apart from that just a couple of friends know about it and they also came to know about it only just now wow uh, i'm so i'm so honored ago. that you chose to talk about it in this way with me um and and to share it with the people who are listening who you know are people that um are supportive and understand because that's what the community is about that's that's what i always loved about uh, the beautiful virgin community like i used to say uh, it's like it's my <laughs> i was going to say it's charles xavier you always said it's the charles xavier school but it is true i mean honestly in talking to you i keep thinking oh my goodness suhail is going to do i mean you have no pressure to do anything but your voice is very powerful and you are a leader as you come to understand this information and that is um it doesn't always feel that way but that that pain that you're experiencing is also making you stronger in a way that i can see so it's it's like you said it's just going to be a journey mm-hmm. and my therapist doesn't make it any easier she's always listening and almost always she ends with a question a question for me which i i thought in my head over and over again until i realized oh that's what she meant and it's supposed to work in that way it feels like i came up with it mm-hmm. but she she just prods me on that direction mm-hmm. Well, she's a and lighthouse, the, right? She's the lighthouse. Yes. She is a lighthouse a lighting lighter. your way. Yeah. Just last week, I you were on Clubhouse now. So I, I'm, I'm also on Clubhouse. I'm interacting with people on Clubhouse. I met a person who, who is also um, a, a survivor of sexual trauma. Uh, I haven't asked her whether she's a, she faced it in adulthood or childhood. I'm not sure about that. But she talked about therapy EMDR and stuff like that and, and then she said very something very important this relationship your relationship with your therapist is the most intimate relationship in your life wow not even with your spouse you're going to have that that kind of a sharing relationship you're going to speak out everything wow which and until you can do that until you can share it that level you cannot claim to have uh, a good therapist or a good mm-hmm. relationship in therapy mm-hmm. because at least in talk therapy this is very important because cbt works in different ways mm-hmm. yep. cbt in different way but talk therapy when it's psychoanalytic or psychodynamic it has to have that relationship mhm there even appearing time after time in sessions is a cause for celebration it's mm-hmm. like i'm i'm supposed to draw a parallel to that in my life when i had difficulty going for walks 
she showed me the parallel that there is something also very difficult yes. here yes. which you are doing twice a week and you never miss one session and then i realized that i could do it but in a different way it's not like someone telling me you need to go out for walks you need to have an exercise so yeah so eventually what i am finding out i'm reading books on some this subject i'm reading books like probably uh, a part of drama of the uh, drama of the gifted child by Alice Walker is it mm-hmm. yeah and i'm now reading a book called the body keeps the score mm. which is also related to trauma that's a good title so, yeah so these are books from which i find out that it's not just the stuff which i found out like an, inst- an unstable career have had an unstable career i walk out of almost everywhere where there's something goes wrong and i'm like no i cannot work here this place is not for me so i'm always looking for this perfect place perfect kind of thing where everything is so uh you know beautiful but it never happens right right and i keep running away from these things yeah now i realize why i'm running away yeah what is it i mean i unfortunately have to leave in 2 minutes which makes me sad but i wonder suhail if we can do another podcast oh, I, i know i mean it was amazing I you're you're incredible no 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 you're incredible <laughs> it's fine to do longer um i wonder if we could do another one maybe in 6 months and see see how things have changed because this is a big moment you're in now and like let's revisit it maybe if you're up for it maybe see. we'll see we'll see how you're feeling we'll see maybe in a year we'll see how you're feeling um yeah. but i am so proud of you um as as you know someone who's out in the world like is a cheerleader for you but i i am also amazed by you because this is just such a big such a big moment to share something so shame you know that could have been so shameful but actually when you talk about it we realize how many people have experienced this and how people listening to this will have connections with what you're saying so i just yes, really want to thank sure. you i'm sure it will be someone who is listening to this somewhere who also had the same and the only way out of it i'm not saying it has to be medication but that definitely needs to be therapy whether you had a bad childhood in one way or the other it may not be sexual it can be a violent household or something of that sort like people who respect parents uh, father went for a war or something veterans veterans children usually have a lot of these issues because veterans come back with a lot of if you experience trauma in this way either as a child or later you will yeah. have to deal with it comes this comes from someone who has experienced this 
Well, I Thank love getting so to see you. Thank you, Suhail. It's so good to see your face. You, I'm so you've excited. Been a, you've been a pillar of support all through these years. So I hope to always. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm so glad we got to talk. You made me so happy. And I, I can't wait to see what keeps happening over time because your journey is, is very uh, inspiring. Thank you so much, Edith. Thank you.